Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. It's hump day and time for another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. We're going to have a great show for you. Coming up, Patrick McGee, sports editor for the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Later in the show, we're going to have our good buddy Jack Duggan with some interesting statistics about Kids who, under the Scott Berry era, have made it uh, to professional baseball. Uh, but first, uh, our thanks to Dickie's Barbecue Pit for their sponsorship of our program, and we encourage you to enjoy their delicious food seven days a week. Also remind you that if you've got a special event that you want to cater, Dickie's is there for you. You can call them, talk to them about their event. They'll get it set up and make sure that your event is a big success. So thanks to Dickie's Barbecue for their support of the Eagle Hour. All right, it's Wednesday. We're going to go down to the Gulf Coast. The professor, Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald, joins us. And, uh, Patrick, I guess the big news this week was the Major League draft and uh, two Golden Eagles, uh, current well, three Golden Eagles, one that would have would have graduated anyway, but two Golden Eagles, Reed Trimble and Ryan Ock, uh, both uh, selected in the draft. Ock has already announced, according to your writing, uh, I read that uh, he is accepting the offer from the San Diego Padres. Uh, what is the status of Reed Trimble at this point? Uh, at this point, I mean, he hasn't committed uh, one way or the other. Uh, you know, just whenever I spoke to him after getting drafted, he left open the option of coming back. But, I mean, just just observing from the outside and seeing the situation he's in, I think it's unlikely that he would have returned that he's probably going to take advantage of this with the Orioles but uh there's always a possibility that uh things you know don't fall into place like he would like them to and, and that he could come back for another season but at this point I mean it's it's uh Auk is gone and it's fair to assume that Trimble is probably not coming back were you a little surprised at how quickly Auk announced he was uh leaving I mean he didn't he made some money but I mean not massive money and uh you know it I think everybody thought he probably had a great opportunity to get in the rotation next next year. Yeah, I mean, he's graduated already. Uh, it's kind of one of those things to where, you know, he's in a mental mindset to where he's ready to go. You know, I mean, once you kind of wrap up your college uh, degree and, 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 and you don't really have much more you can really prove at Southern Miss, I mean, he was outstanding uh, whenever he got fully healthy this season. So I, I think, you know, for him, just, you know, in the in the position he's in, it made sense for him. And, and uh, you know, maybe he could have improved his stock a little bit next season. But, I mean, heck, he was so good this year. I, I You know, I don't know what else he would have to do. So I, I think, you know, just for him, it was the best decision for him. Trimble is a great player. Don't anyone misunderstand what I'm about to say. He's a great, great player. But, boy, i got to tell you, losing Ock, I think, is is a blow, Patrick. Yeah, he was really going to be kind of the if he came back, he was going to be the centerpiece of that pitching staff, whether it's in the bullpen or possibly even as a starter. I mean, he was he was outstanding. We also saw what he did against Florida State, 
and against uh, Louisiana Tech in the conference tournament. I mean, he was just uh, dominant. <laughs> they just mm-hmm. could hardly touch him. Uh, you know, it's just that motion. I mean, he you know tops out tops out around ninety four ninety five, but just that movement he has on the fastball is just really hard to identify and get a hold of from the right side or the left side of the plate. So uh, <clears throat> I think he's got a future as a, a pro baseball player, probably as a middle reliever, uh, something like that. So I, I think uh, uh, both Trimble and Ock really have a high ceiling in Major League Baseball. Luke? So you feel like he's got to develop a third pitch, though. Um, but, you know, they could have watched the uh, the conference tournament where he was pumping 98 on that on that Bulldog radar gun. That, that could have been some of it. But, but Patrick, when you look at it now, you knew you had to replace two guys, but you thought Ock might slide in there. And so now you got to, you know, you, you're back to you have to replace two starters for uh, Christian Ostrander's rotation. Yeah, I mean, obviously you got Boyd and Etheridge, so you have two guys you can kind of build around. Etheridge is probably your – your Saturday guy, or you can do a, you know, split up your righties, uh, lefty, you know, Dalton Rogers, I think that's his name, a transfer coming in. He's a lefty that throws in the, in the low nineties, somebody that might factor into the, the rotation as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, Southern Miss is an okay position, the pitching staff. You just don't have that one dominant guy, even though at times Etheridge was looked pretty darn dominant against conference competition. Uh, so I, you know, Southern Miss is an okay spot, pitching-wise. You just don't have that Walker Powell or Stanley. Uh, I guess if you're Southern Miss, you're hoping Gabe Shepard uh, gets right. But obviously, he has a lot of work to do uh, uh, coming back from his struggles this season and staying healthy. And then the, the two seniors that departed, somebody somewhere in the Cleveland Indians organization owns a Southern Miss hat. I mean, now with Sandlin, McCarty, and, and Stanley. But uh, do you yeah. think Powell will get a shot anywhere? Yeah, I, I would be stunned if he doesn't get a free agent deal. Uh, with the major. He's kind of the, the case example of somebody that you give a free agent uh, opportunity to and see what he can do in the organization. But it's going to be tougher, you know, uh, the, they, they've, the minor leagues are shrinking. There aren't as many opportunities and, uh, and with affiliated baseball these days. So he may have to go independent. I don't know. But I think he's certainly deserving of a, a free agent contract and, and put in rookie ball and see what he can do. All right, Patrick. As, as, far, as, uh, as far as the outfield, just real quick, and Bob can jump back yeah, in, Patrick, but seems like Montenegro will go to, to center if Ewing stays in right. Wilkes goes to left. So you don't you lose average, but you, you get plus power with Wilkes being the lineup to replace Trimble. Yeah, I mean, obviously Wilkes has got all the potential in the world as a, as a slugger. I think there's potential you could move Ewing to left field, uh, even though he was pretty good out there in right. Uh, but, yeah, I, I you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a different-looking lineup, a different-looking rotation, but you still have a lot to kind of a, a core there, both in the pitching staff and in the lineup, that things are going to go okay. But, yeah, I think, obviously, Wilkes is absolutely key uh, for Southern Miss baseball in 2022. It's, uh, he's got to be in the middle of that lineup, and he's got to be a consistent producer if Southern Miss is going to be another, you know, have a chance to win another conference championship. Here's what we heard from some people earlier this uh, week, Patrick, that, uh, yeah, you lose these great players off your roster, but but overall it's a positive for your program because it encourages good high school players and JUCO guys to want to come here and play because they see that you can come to Southern Miss and then you can get your shot on the on the big stage. Yes or no? Right. It, yes, it, it's a good thing, and it's, it's a good thing from the standpoint of the last three drafts you've really had – 
good guys come, whether it's, you know, uh, of course, last year was was a bit of a, a scratch just because the, the draft the draft was truncated. But you had you have Nick Sandlin, Matt Walner, and now in this season you've got uh, Reed Trimble. You want to be able to kind of put a guy that that high in the draft every year because that means you're going to have consistent talent talent year in year out. Uh, so yeah, if you're able to consistently put guys in the first two or three rounds in the draft, it is good for the long run. But it's just something you want to be able to do year in and year out. If you're still missing, it's something they're really starting to do. Yeah, and, and I guess it does send that message uh, to kids who aspire to play professionally. Uh, before we hit the break, uh, talk for a minute about Hunter Stanley. He's been an outstanding uh, kid here this past year. He gets his shot with the Indians organization. Uh, your thoughts about his ability to pitch uh, in Major League Baseball? Well, I mean, I, obviously I think he's going to be pretty advanced going in year one. Uh, you know, Wherever they put him right away, he's going to pitch pretty well. Uh, he, he, to me, he was one of the best pitchers in the country this season. His six and four record didn't show that, but if you go through the analytics and just all the stats and everything else, he was he was great this season. So I think Hunter Stanley definitely has a chance because he can fill a lot of different roles. He can be that middle guy. He can be a starter, not necessarily a closer at the professional level, uh, but he he's a guy that can kind of fit in a lot of different places and. If he continues to develop and show the accuracy he did this season, I think he's got a chance to climb up the system. Now, where do these kids go with their drug? Well, like a Hunter Stanley, is he immediately shipped off Patrick uh, to a team somewhere? And uh, I mean, is this an immediate trans- uh, transition for him? Well, I, it's kind of wait and see, uh, just because the minor league system has changed so much uh, just in the last couple of years. Uh, I think a lot of these major league teams are trying to figure out how to handle things. Last year, they didn't even have a minor league season. So I, I think it's kind of wait and see on that. Uh, he'll go into minor league camp, uh, I'm sure, down in Florida. I guess the Indians are still down in Florida. Uh, but he'll go to Florida, and he'll he'll get in with the, uh, some instructors there, and they'll try to figure out where best to put him. But he's somebody who could easily go up to, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, not low, probably low A, not high A, but low A. He's somebody who could plug in right away at low A or, you know, and maybe quickly move up to high A. Right. All right, Patrick, can you stick around uh, on the other side of the break and talk a little football with us? Sure. All right, Patrick McGee for the Biloxi Sun-Herald, sports editor, of course, uh, for that great newspaper on the Gulf Coast, and the guy to talk to about Southern Miss Athletics. Football's next on the Eagle Hour. Stick around. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Those are the two names, of course, you need to remember. If you're in the market for Southern Miss Apparel, for your home, for your car, for yourself, they're open six days a week on Hardy Street, and you can always shop them online 24-7. 
campusbookmart.net. We'll have Jack Duggan on the show in a little while, but right now we're talking to Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. And Patrick, article uh, hits the presses last week. Uh, your five breakout players for Southern Miss this year. Let's run down the list, Patrick. Who are the who are the five guys you think could uh, really explode on the scene this year? Uh, well, I think it all starts with uh, Deshaun Crawford. When you look at the, the quality of transfers that, that Southern Miss brought in, he's a defensive tackle transfer for Virginia Tech, and you see what he did at Virginia Tech when he was healthy uh, in, in 2019. He really produced, had 27 tackles, three and a half sacks, and they just, you know, he's immediately going to plug in as a starter, I would expect. Uh, if he can impact, make an impact at Virginia Tech right away out of Jones College, I think he would be uh, one at Southern Miss. Everett Cunningham, uh, you know, that's more from a, a – he fits a role that Southern Miss needs. They need a pass rusher, and you go back to his days. He's, he's a transfer from Memphis, a defensive end. Uh, he had 13 sacks as a sophomore at East Mississippi. Uh, you know, had inconsistent playing time at Memphis. Still had, I think, three sacks up there. Uh, then, you know, one obvious guy in this group is Trey Lowe. Uh, just the way he looked in the spring, the way he closed up the regular season last year. Uh, at quarterback, it looks like he's going to be the guy. Uh, I expect him to have a pretty good season, uh, you know, as, as long as he gets the support from the offensive line, which I think will happen. Uh, and Frank Gore stays healthy. You really need him to stay healthy. So as long as the pieces are in place around him, I think Trey Lowe is going to do just fine at quarterback. Eric Scott, I, I think there's kind of really at cornerback, Eric Scott, Natron Brooks, Rashawn Mitchell, uh, he's back ready to go now. I think Eric Scott is a guy that really has a chance to benefit in this new system. He's a bigger corner. He's six foot two. I think maybe he kind of uh, asserts himself. And Kalik Washington, uh, who's who's on track to probably start at right tackle, he's a guy the staff is really really high on. Thinks he's going to be a third or fourth round draft pick. So I think those are five guys. And uh, uh, I've got five other guys to watch, but I'm going to make them read the story. <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, that would, but yeah, those are the five I think who have a chance to best chance to have kind of breakout season. What do you think, Luke? You got anybody to add to that list? I think a guy that that is kind of flying under the radar right now, Patrick, but will be top three to five wide receivers in the league. Jason Brownlee is just shaping up to have a monster year in this offense. Right. Yeah, I think Brownlee. I left him out basically because I mean he's the top returning receiver. You know, I saw him as have. You know, I think he he'll improve his play this season. But I just, you know, I was looking more on kind of looking at guys that are a little bit less well known. But yeah, uh, Brownlee and Gore, I think both have the potential to have really big seasons this year and improve on what they showed last season. But yeah, I think Brownlee, absolutely, he he has to have a huge season uh, for this offense to really go this year. But yeah, Brownlee is an absolutely crucial part. When you look at at the defense, there was a guy last year that uh, you know when he played, he was a monster, and, and and of course Maples is in there and a monster. But what do we think that that Portlock's going to do this year? Zach Portlock, the redshirt junior, when he filled in, mm-hmm. you think he finds the field a lot more than what he did last year? It, it, I don't know. I'm not really sure what kind of held him back from getting the field early. You know, last year I think it was a North Texas game. Uh, to where he kind of stood out, uh, you know, he was to me he was the best, most sound tackler in that linebacking core. But to me, the, the, you know, and he, he's often overlooked. But Santrell Latham, when he's on the field, he's absolute difference maker. Yep. Uh, but if Maples is sidelined, but he had the injury back in the spring, uh, they, I think they think he's he's going to be good to go for fall camp and everything. But 
uh, yeah, I could absolutely see Portlock. I, he'll be on the field some this year, no doubt. But to me, it's, it's, ex- the it's exciting. Got. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, if, when you think about the fact that Booth's back, and if they're going to run this hybrid three-four defense, and you're talking about, and you start talking about guys like TQ Newsom, and then you put Portlock in there, and, and uh, you know whether they walk the bandit down with with uh, Hobbes or or Cunningham, I mean, they got they got the potential to have a crazy deep linebacking core that will help that front three or three and a half get more pressure than they did last year. Yeah, there's potential. I, I think last year they kind of went through a deal to where it seemed like half those guys were unhealthy. Much of the season they were just trying to get the guys on the field that, that were good to go. But, yeah, if that group can kind of stay on the field and, and produce, and Rakeem Booth, if he plays up to the standard he's shown the last few years whenever, whenever he's been healthy, yeah, that's that's got a good chance to be a linebacking core. Uh, but, you know, Booth, Booth has got to show that he's fully healthy and Maples has got to get right. So there's potential there. But it's just how, how many of these guys are going to be ready to go for that season opener. All right, Patrick, I don't want to throw out any negative vibes here, but, uh, you know, injuries are a big part of football. Mm-hmm. If you're, I think we're all agreed who's going to be the starting quarterback. But, you know, and again, no negative vibes. But if he's injured, <laughs> if he gets injured, who is the backup quarterback? That's an important, that's an important position on any team. You see, Luke, I, I give him the negative vibes and we lose the phone call. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk through that while you're calling back. Okay. So, I'm yeah, back. you've no, only he's got back. He's back. Oh, there you All are. right. I, I thought I was so I, negative, I, I, Patrick, you hung up on me. I'm sorry. No, I, 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 this iPhone, I, I, I'm consistent at muting myself with my cheek. It's annoying. <laughs> uh, but, no, I, I think, yeah, that's a problem. Uh, obviously, Ty Keyes has got all the potential in the world, but it's tough to put him out there as a true freshman. Uh, the transfer from Louisville, I think, has got a ways to go. Uh, so, I, yeah, I, I, that could be problematic. Uh, but if Ty Keyes comes in and sh- you know shows out right away, it's not as much of a concern. Uh, but to me, you want to have three guys who are capable of getting out there and leading the team. And right now, the only guy that's fully capable, confident that can do that is Trey Lowe. So, yeah, that, sitting here right now, yeah, it's a concern. But maybe you know a week or two out from the season opener, it's not as much of a concern. Luke, when you were playing football here, how much connection did the whole team have with the backup quarterbacks? How important did you see the backups on the team? Well, when, when I when I started, we had uh, of course Jeff Kelly had been starting several years, and but but when it I had a unique situation starting in '02, we kind of had two guys that split time, Mickey D'Angelo and Dustin Allman split time, so we almost had like a one A one B. Uh, then in the the championship year, Mickey got knocked out and and had concussion issues, so we had to rally a, around Dustin, and it was one of those situations where. By the time I was a junior, Dustin was the was no way that he was going to be removed, and so the other guys, you just uh, you tried to make them better. And anytime, regardless of what it is inside of a locker room, when a quarterback walks by, there's just something about no matter what position you play, you just kind of look up because that's that's your leader. Even if he's not the most vocal guy, he's symbolic, and you give him that type of respect. So any of those guys that walk through a locker room, or any of those guys that got Q- QB by their name, scholarship or walk on, they carry a loft your uh, opinion as long as they're doing their you know their work uh, in the minds of other people well that's interesting i mean i think that's very interesting patrick who uh, uh how, how deep will the team be at running back well i think adding uh, the john rich richard and i'm probably butchering his name uh but i think out of heinz the running back i think he signed with south alabama in the high school 
I think that kind of changes things at running back. Uh, I think that gives them more depth. He's shown that he can produce at a high level in a good JUCO system. Maybe he's the number two or the number three guy. But coming out of the spring, it was a position you were a little bit concerned about because Gore was your guy, and everybody else around him was just kind of little scat backs. Uh, not not really guys that have shown themselves, but I think Richard has a chance to be a little bit of a game changer uh, to give Gore the, the break he needs because they can't just rely on him. Gore is not the biggest guy, but no running back can you know carry the ball really 25 times a, a game these days. So it, it, if Richard steps up in the fall, I think they'll I think they'll be okay at running back. Right. That's why. But but I'm gathering in our conversation the key to the season is to protect the quarterback. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, to me, the key is just staying healthy across the board. Uh, I've mentioned a couple of times before, uh, this is going to be a different football season, much in the way the college baseball season was different. Uh, you have a lot of teams that have a lot of guys back that uh, you wouldn't have necessarily have back, you know, unless they had been given back that year of eligibility. I don't think in terms of numbers, Southern Miss is going to have that advantage over a lot of teams. There will be more teams that have that advantage over Southern Miss. So, uh, but, yeah, I think it's really just a matter of staying healthy across the board. It's so cliche, but, I mean, for Southern Miss to be successful, it's, it's a matter of keeping those guys on the field. You agree, don't you, Luke? Got to stay healthy. You got to stay healthy. There's a reason why you have 85 scholarship players, but like Patrick said, and, and that's an interesting thought, it's, it's going to be the deepest college football season in, in quite some time because you have guys that are exceptional college football players that won't make it professionally, and yet they're going to be really good on a college football uh, field this fall, and so the Eagles are going to have to you know play that much better to face that much more depth. Yeah. All right, Patrick, great conversation as always. Uh, what, what do you got coming out next? What should people be looking for from you? Well, I, I, probably on, on Monday you have uh, Will Hall and that Southern Miss uh, tour that's coming down to the Mississippi Gulf Coast. It's going to be at the uh, uh, Gulf Park campus of Southern Miss there in Long Beach. So uh, they'll be there Monday night, so expect something out of me uh, Monday and on Tuesday. All right, Patrick, we appreciate you, brother. Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Talk to you next week. All right, thanks, guys. All right. Best sports writer in the state of Mississippi. No question about that. Best sports hey, Bob. Yes, sir. He works for a newspaper that covers Southern Miss. Right. What is there more to say? Well, there's not. And uh, he is the best writer in the state. The best SI in the league is coming up next on the Eagle Hour. The old left-hander joins us with some interesting news about the professional baseball players under the Scott Berry era. Stay with us. The Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top third segment on this Wednesday edition of the Eagle Hour, brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Hey, they celebrated National Mac and Cheese Day today. And you never know what they're going to celebrate over there, but they celebrated a whole lot of mac and cheese with a country fried steak, chicken fried chicken. That's the usual Wednesday giddy-up entree over there. Black-eyed peas and yeast roll, and it was only eight ninety-five. They're also... Celebrating all kinds of stuff, and uh, obviously any day you walk in there, Southern Miss celebrated everywhere. Some of the 
best uh, items over the years, best wins celebrated all in the long, of, along the walls of 4th Street. We appreciate their support of the Eagle Hour and uh, go see them. When the Olympics start, they're going to have a little trivia, a little Olympic trivia action starting in a week or so. It's all there at 4th Street in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. The pride of Southern Miss, the old left-hander, information, sports information director, Jack Duggan, joins us. And, uh, Jack, I know, you know, uh, Reed and, and Ryan and, and Hunter this week, I mean, you, uh, you going in, you know, the competitive A balance of the 1987 Major League Draft, I'm sure you were able to, to offer uh, some advice to these guys as they take the first step forward in their careers. Yeah, I was their I was their first advisor, <laughs> and they they advised me to get out of their way. So, now very happy for those three young men. Certainly well deserved, uh, all of them. Uh, hoping that uh, Walker Powell gets an opportunity uh, somewhere along the line as well. So, um, you know, just uh, find way. You know, we'd love to have love to have Reed back. Love to have Ryan back, but certainly you understand. Uh, the draws of professional baseball and, and, you know, that's a lot of kids' dreams is to be able to play professional baseball and make it to the big leagues one day and, and certainly we had three guys this week that, that were able to, to at least at least maybe be on the cusp of those dreams. Yeah, no question. Yeah, uh, it was pretty it's pretty interesting and, and if uh, if I have this wrong, Jack, correct me. I think there's only been one other time Southern Miss has had three players taken in the top three hundred and fifty and Trimble's up there, you know. You look at what Tommy Davis and uh, and Matt Walner and, and one more guy, I think, in the seventies. But but Trimble's one of the highest draft picks ever. No, oh, he is. You know, you look at him. You look at you know Nick Sandlin back in two thousand and eighteen. Uh, you know, those are the guys. You know, you go back and 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 uh, you know they're they're they had special careers here and. Um, you know, I, I think I was probably shocked, like a lot of people were, that um, that that Reed was taken uh, as high as he was. You know, pleasantly surprised. Uh, I think you know he was on the board at, at like at least by MajorLeagueBaseball dot com. He was on the board as the 148th prospect, and you know he went what 65th and or 66, something like that. And you know, just just phenomenal. It just shows shows you what a great second half of the year Reed Trimble had. And uh, you know, people people saw that. You know, especially down the stretch when he he hit 560 in the Oxford Regional. So yeah, he was pretty good in that regional, wasn't he, Jack? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking today. I, I think he was the guy against Ole Miss on the last day that hit the hit the one opposite field that landed in their bullpen. It didn't look like it hit that hard off his bat, but uh, it ended up going into the bullpen out in left center field. And so, you know, and they love his, they love the 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 uh, both sides of the plate uh, pop from both sides of the plate. They love the speed and. Uh, Certainly, um, uh, <laughs> professional baseball, if, if he does, in fact, sign, will definitely get a good one. All right, you put out some, uh, I thought, really interesting uh, information on social media today. I guess it was today. Uh, regarding all the kids under Scott Berry's regime that have made, uh, made it into the professional uh Arena, uh, share that with our listeners, if you will, please. Jeff. Yeah, we, had, you know, since 2010, we've had 29 players chosen um, in the draft, and we've had, 
you know, I think 2012 we didn't have one, and we didn't have one last year because it was it was a five five round abbreviated draft. But uh, you know, of of those 29, we've had four that have been taken to the top five rounds, and they're just going back in in, in order. You know, BA Volmuth was taken by the Athletics uh, in the third round back in 2011, um, and then and then you had um, you know Nick Sandlin in 2018. Uh, Matt Warner, of course, the high, one of the highest drafted, uh, maybe the highest drafted we've ever had in that competitive balance, a a round uh, back in 2019, and then of course Reed on the second day of the draft being taken uh, just on the back end of the second round uh, in the uh, competitive balance uh, B round. So uh, those four, and then we've had 11 taken in the top 10 rounds. And then, and then if you look back at the drafts overall, we've had three or more guys taken in six of the, uh, what, 12 drafts that Scott's been the head coach here. Jack, are there a lot of Cleveland Indian scouts showing up at our games that some of us don't know about because now they've uh, drafted the third Southern Miss pitcher uh, in just the last couple of years? Well, it's, you know, you, 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 to me that tells you that we're doing something right. Because there's there's one team that likes the way that we develop our players, and especially our pitchers, and and uh, you know, and that that showed. And uh, you know, Hunter, Hunter Stanley is 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 certainly special. We know that. You know, we saw him out of the pen his first two years here, and then and then make that transition into a starter. And wow, what a transition it was! And um, you know, that people noticed and. Uh, you know, fortunately, the Indians did, and uh, you know he's, you know, Hunter's going to get that opportunity to play on the next level, and and I I hope that I hope that I can follow him and Kirk and and Nick Sandlin with the Indians for many years to come. Yeah, with your help, we had Hunter on the show just a couple weeks back, and just what an outstanding kid, and uh, you really have to be uh, you know excited for his future. Now, Jack, we're talking a lot about players that are leaving the team, but uh, nobody knows really observes the baseball team any closer than you. Really a talented team coming back, though, even with the loss of Trimble and Ock. Am I right? Oh, yeah. The, 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 trust me, the cupboard will not be bare. Uh, we've got a lot of great uh young players coming in. Uh, you know, two guys that I think we were afraid that we might get drafted, uh, Colin Husser. And then also uh, Nick, Nico Mazza are two signees uh, who are going to come in, and they're going to they're going to you know they're going to be fantastic for us next year. Um, I can't think of any of the other kid new kids off the top of my head, but uh, but those two kids play what positions that you just named? Mazza uh, is a pitcher. I think they're both pitchers. I I'll look it up for you real quick. I had it. You got a guy. You got a guy. While you're thinking of that, you know Creek Robertson from Madison Central. Yep. He's going to provide some very nil needed infield depth, and uh, you know Dickerson can maybe get on the mound a little better like that. And you know, some of these guys we didn't see. Jack, what I'm excited about. I hate losing Ryan Ock, but man, how many arms do we have in the bullpen? A lot of those guys. Some of those guys are going to be able to step in and see more action. That, that's true, and uh, you know, hopefully we won't play those four game double headers again. So. Uh. Ever again, Jack. Yes. So, uh, well, you know, Maza, both Maz and Huss are both right-handed pitchers. Huss are a six-foot, five hundred ninety-five pounder from Ponchatoula, Louisiana. Just you know, speaking of Hunter Stanley, just 
Ponchatoula, just south of Hammond, which is where Hunter's from. So, so hopefully another another fireballer uh, from South Louisiana. Um, yeah, we, you know we got Casey Ortigs that's coming in. He's from Hammond, Louisiana, with the same high school as as Hunter Stanley. He'll be an infielder, outfielder. Matt Cedarberg's coming in uh, from Fort Myers, Florida. Um, Riley Dawkins, a left-handed pitcher, freshman from Starkville. Uh, Bryce Fowler, a, a freshman left-hander. You know, and the list goes on. And Landon Harper, a, a JUCO guy from Pearl River, be a sophomore next year, six one, one ninety-five, right-handed pitcher. So, you know, the cupboard will not be bare. I mean, you look back, you look, just look at our, our, um, you know, position players. Most of those guys will be back, and you know. It, it, it'll be it'll be a it'll be a club that people will recognize next year when we when we start things off in twenty two. Tell me, I'm right. I might you'll have eight of your nine position players back if in fact Trimble moves on. That's true. That's very very true. Yeah. Right. Right. So we can thank I guess COVID for that a little bit. You know, with with everyone getting the extra year, uh, but. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, you look, you look. Dickerson will be a third-year sophomore. You know, Wilkes will have a full year under his belt. Um, you know, McGillis. You know, Danny, Danny Lynch. You know, all those guys. You know, Gabe Montenegro comes back for his his 18th season. <laughs> and uh, no, you know, happy to have Gabe back, and and you know, and this, his younger brother is supposed to come back as well. So. You know, it, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be, um, um, you know, you know, just like last year. You know, we had that, all that anticipation. You know, when we got started, you know, we talked about it on the air. All that anticipation we had, you know, as we as we went into the twenty twenty one season, and I'm sure that will will be back when, once we get close to twenty twenty two as well. Well, you're right. You got me fired up, Jack. Can we start it back right now, or we have to sit out for a couple months? No, I got to sit out a few more months. <laughs> All right, buddy. We always appreciate you, Jack. No problem. You guys have a great day. All right, Jack Duggan, everybody, Sports Information Director at Southern Miss. We'll catch up with Kelly Center. Wind up uh, this edition of the Eagle Hour next. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Always good chatting with the old left-hander, Jack Duggan, Sports Information Director, as well as Patrick McGee from the Bluxy Sun-Herald earlier in the show. Fourth segment of today's Eagle Hour brought to you every day by DBAT. And D1 Training, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Still got time for a few more of those camps instructions before fall ball hits, softball, baseball, all of it. Even uh, the other day I saw one of my former te- teammates, Montavious Prince, getting his uh, son in some catching instruction over at uh, uh, DBAD and D1 Training. They can help you out. DBADHattiesburg.com, DBAT D1 on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in hey, Kelly is with us. A couple news and notes. Found him. Yeah, good deal. We found Kelly Sander. A couple of news and notes before we get to Sander. 
Coach Mo from soccer announcing the ladies' 2021 schedule. And when he was on the Eagle Hour a couple uh, months ago, he told us that there were a lot of teams that were reaching out uh, to uh, about scheduling the, the Lady Eagles. And boy, do they have a dandy of a schedule uh, this year. Only 24 days until the season kicks off for Lady Soccer. Quick turnaround for these fall sports that played in the spring. They'll take on William Carey on August uh, 7th. They will take on the Florida Gators in an exhibition game. Their first season game will be at LSU. They'll also take on Alabama, uh, Grambling State, Nichols, Jackson State, Mississippi State, all before they hit their conference schedule beginning September 16th. We'll get Coach Mo on to give us a preseason schedule in just a, a couple of uh, couple of weeks. But Kelly Sander, a couple of things that we we haven't talked about, but uh, you know, with the MLB draft uh, winded down, Southern Miss not only losing players, Southern Miss losing two staff members. Nick Amarati is the new uh, one of the new assistants for Kentucky baseball for the University of Kentucky Wildcats, and Colin Cargill getting back in coaching. He, uh, lays down his director of op- operations role at Southern Miss and is headed to Mississippi College to be the pitching coach. And uh, so not only Scott Barry, Kelly Sander got to got to fill in some uh, some holes in the roster. Got to hire two new assistants also. Yeah, and, and we reported that initially that we thought that was going to happen uh, last week here on the show, but we're really going over the draft, a complete wrap on the draft. Southern Miss had three guys placed in the major league draft. Old Dominion had three. Florida Atlantic, two. Charlotte, two. FIU, one player. UAB also had one. Middle Tennessee placed one. And surprisingly, Louisiana Tech as good a year as Tech had only one drafted. You know where all the Southern Miss guys are, or went, rather, in the eighth round. Toronto took Old Dominion pitcher Hunter Gregory. He had an 8-2 and two record with a 2.95 ERA. He had 88 strikeouts and only 19 walks. Then in the ninth round, the Kansas City Royals took Louisiana Tech's Parker Bates. He uh, led Conference USA with a 4.06 batting average, playing outfield there for, for uh, Louisiana Tech. Then in the ninth round, Houston took Aaron Brown from Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee's only guy that got drafted. He was a pitcher. Walked only 15, struck out 113, and in five of his starts, he had at least 11 strikeouts. I think as we go down this list, you guys are going to see a trend. Uh, you know, Hunter Stanley went in the 11th, of course, then going on to the 13th. It was pitcher Aaron Holiday from Old Dominion. He went to the A's. San Francisco in the 14th round. Took pitcher, Florida Atlantic's Tyler Myrick. Then in the 15th round, out of FAU, one of the lone position players from Conference USA got taken. B.J. Murray got taken by the Cubs. He was the third baseman for the Owls this year. In the 16th round, catcher Aaron McKeithen from UNC Charlotte went to St. Louis. In the 18th round, Bryce McGowan, a pitcher from from Charlotte, he got taken by the Rockies. In the 18th round, Riley Davis a pitcher from UAB, went to Seattle, and then right, rounding out the draft, also in the 18th round, Ryan Moore from Old Dominion. Guess what position? Pitcher. pitcher. He, uh, he went to Milwaukee. And the last uh, pick in the 20th round, well, not the last pick, but the last Conference USA player selected, was in the 20th round. Javi Riviera of FAU went to the Cincinnati Reds. He was only a junior for FAU, but he also was a pitcher. Pitcher. So it's that's the what's wild. I read where the uh, where the Angels 
drafted 21 players, one catcher, and 20 of them were pitchers. It seemed like everybody stocked up on pitchers this year. They love pitchers, don't they, Kelly Center? Well, we've talked before, if you don't have pitching, it doesn't matter what, what else you have. Uh, kind of like quarterback in football. You better have some pitchers. And it's no surprise that Southern Miss, other than Trimble, you know, the other two guys taken were pitchers. And uh, all-conference all USA deep. I mean, what, a catcher and a third baseman and an outfielder. All the rest of them were pitchers right. out, of the, out of the 14th that were taken. So um, not surprising, but that's where the money is. You know, in pitching, if your arm can hold up, you know, and you show the durability that you don't get hurt. And and I think that's really what happened, not to Hunter Stanley, but who was, who was our guy that didn't get drafted? That Walker we Powell. Walker Powell. You know, Walker Powell got injured his junior year. Now, he went up there in, in Ohio and had a great spring and tore it up. I'm saying tore up the league, but teams are, I guess, a little reluctant because of his injury. All right. Uh, no Eagle Hour tomorrow. All day long will be the Palmer Home for Kids Radiothon on all the Super Talk stations. We hope you'll listen and participate. We will be back Friday, and uh, we've got a full show Friday. Three guests scheduled for you, so we're going to come back strong after the Palmer Home for Kids Radiothon. Until next time, everyone, Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.